This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bitsy and Kyrie on WEEI. WEEI. Robert, are you as confident in Bill leading your football operation as you were five years ago? Look, I think... Bill is exceptional at what he does, and I've given him the freedom to make the choices and do the things that need to be done. And his football intellect and knowledge is unparalleled from what I've seen. And just when you talk to him, the small things analytically that he looks at, but in the end, this is a business. You either execute and win or you don't. And, you know, that's where we're at. I think we're, we're in a transition phase. I think we've made some moves this year that I personally am comfortable with. And um, I still believe in Bill. Fitzy and Kyrie here with you on WEI till 12.30, 12.35. you got the Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show with Mark Mondaro. First pitch, 1.35 from Fenway today. We'll see what Hauk is all about. But that was Robert Kraft outside of the Biltmore Monday in Phoenix, Arizona at the 2023 NFL owners meetings. And there were a lot of different lines from him, Kyrie, that stood out. One was when he referred to it as my football team. Then there was, of course... When he said, you know, Bill is still at the top of his game, uh, but at the same time, it's very important that we make the playoffs this year. Now he says, I believe in Bill. And then, of course, as I referred to it earlier, the fame grenade that he lobbed into the room when he said he received a text message from Meek Mill saying that Lamar Jackson wants to play for the Patriots. But that's Bill's decision. I mean, in nine minutes, the man gave us a month's worth of chatter, uh, broadcasts, podcasts, columns, and so much more. So where do you want to start to unpack uh, what Robert and Bill offered to us at the owners' meetings? So I, it feels almost like I don't – I guess I don't know so much that it is a – um, I'm claiming this football team back from you, Bill. Let me go ahead and, and you know put you in your place, Bill. It feels, I don't know, it felt a little bit more to me like, okay, I've heard the media chatter about all of you asking, you know, about like, oh, who really runs this team? Like, is Bill bullying me? No, it's my team. Like, I sign the checks. I do all of this. Um, and, and in the end, like, yes, it, the buck stops with me in the end. It felt a little bit like Robert Kraft trying to reassert his role and, and and that of his son, saying, look, yes, yes, Bill is great. And, I mean, he was very complimentary for, for a, a mm-hmm. lot of those comments. And he also mentioned at a different point, yeah, like I was talking about the draft and, and how, uh, you know, it, we had been struggling a bit there, and I think it's been much better lately. And so he's been giving some credit. So it's not necessarily like, oh, yeah, um, let me go ahead and publicly stick it to you. I feel like it's a little bit more of a – 
you know, there's been all this discussion about, you know, like almost like trying to divide us. And I just want to let you know where things are. At the same time, it, it does kind of the, the comment about I, I've never refused a dollar that he's given me. That definitely feels like a shot almost at us rather mm-hmm. you know, for, for questioning that rather than a shot at Bill, you know, or like Bill saying that, like, oh, yeah, you're cheap or anything like that. Yeah, it, it was interesting that at the same time he gives a vote of confidence and a thorough endorsement of Bill Belichick, his acumen, his intellect, his football knowledge. Uh, the line was he really wants him to pass Shula, but and then you could feel a mm-hmm. giant ellipses in the air, but it's very important we make the playoffs this year. So there's a balancing act both with the team, the organization's wants and wishes, and, of course, their relationship as well. Do you get the feeling, I think like a lot of people do, and I feel like it's been written about at WEI, of course, I uh, every Sunday morning I read Karen Garigian or Andrew Callahan's notes in the Herald, and of course Mike Reese's 10 Things to Know About the Patriots at ESPN.com as well. Do you get the feeling that if Bill doesn't get the team back on track and back into the playoffs this year, you know, uh, the, the unthinkable could happen, that he could be pursuing the tail end of the pursuit of Don Shula elsewhere. Like, I, I won't say that what Robert Kraft said was ultimatum-ish, but it was ultimatum-adjacent. It felt like a, okay, look, we, we want him to, to get to this point um, you know, where, where he breaks through. Because I feel like, ultimately, that would be such a huge source of pride for the New England Patriots and for Robert Kraft to say, hey, we stuck with this guy the entire time. We took a chance on him with probably a bunch of other people wouldn't in terms of making him the head coach and giving him all this power, and we've been rewarded for it. And he did that here as a, as a member of the New England Patriots. I, I feel like they want that genuinely. I feel like it was more of a, look, this is the priority. And, and it's like, yes, we would love for him to get the record, but that's not the only reason he's here. And I feel like... Again, it's sort of a pushback, at least in my mind, against the narratives that that are that are coming out about it. I I feel like it would have to get so bad for like the the relationship would have to get horrible, and the team would have to be terrible for you to for them to even consider that. So if we're talking yeah. about something like okay, the the Patriots win nine games and just miss the playoffs, or they win nine or ten games and they lose in the wild card round. That's going to be disappointing, but in no way is that, oh, we got to fire Bill Belichick now. No, and so Karen leads her NFL notes on Sunday morning with there's a lot riding on Bill O'Brien fixing Mac Jones. Andy led the Sunday 7 with what does a Mac Jones bounce back year entail and what both the coaches uh, and management of the Patriots as well as the fans would like to see. I think that's pretty clear cut that that's back to your 2021 stats plus one, I would say, and the offense actually being productive and proficient. I think Bill O'Brien is worth easily three wins above replacement or I'd say at least two from last year as well. At least two, yes. I would say at least two. Like 10-7 and is baseline of my expectations for this team. And, yes, I do understand Buffalo has gone through a lot but eventually will be as good if not better. Miami is going to be better. The Jets are going to be leagues better, especially if the Aaron Rodgers deal does finally come through as well. The fundamentals of this Patriots team should be much better. Special teams will be cleaned up, obviously. You've got Joe Judge working with Cam McCord. I mean, if they're not, then blow the whole thing up. I mean, if they can go 9-8 and or 10-7, and but if they give up four more kickoff returns for touchdowns and have three punts blocked, fire everybody. 
I yeah. mean, my God. I mean, I mean even, that's just that's embarrassing. Even just like the, the note from Mike Reese, where he was just uh, you know noted that Bill pushed for Cam Acord to stay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was a little surprising to me. But but because again, is that they, necessary? Do you like the guy that much that it, you want to put your name and the, your and, pursuit of Don Shula on the line for Cam Acord? And I guess that's the thing, right? Is that they like him clearly and think that he's a a good coach, a solid enough coach, but. What you get to do with having Joe Judge be assistant to the head coach or Mm -hmm. whatever role they named him in is that that's essentially going to be his thing now is that he can go over and help the special teams along with Cam Acord. So he doesn't so so they don't take the job away from Acord, which I think would have been kind of awkward. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, Joe Judge just came in and supplanted you. Right. So mm-hmm. so judge gets to help and keep an eye on things. And, OK, look, I think this is something that we need to change or, or, or what have you and offer suggestions. So that that's a cleaner way to do it than just straight up firing a cord and putting Joe Judge there, which, again, I, I think that if they had to make him the special teams coordinator or what have you, then that also means that your payment plan for him, because he's on the Giants dime still meaning Joe Judge, that would yep. go out the window. And you don't want that. You want to keep him cheap. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And as far as what Bill Belichick said, which we played uh, at the tail end of last hour, and if you miss any of the show, of course, you can subscribe to the Fitzy and Hart podcast. You can use the Odyssey app and the Rewind feature and catch anything from any of your favorite shows seven days a week here on WEI. But as far as what Belichick said, you know, the last 25 years is something to point to. And then, of course, he realizes that there's some backlash at that. So he calls up Jim McBride. And he and Jim McBride do a little chat, and then he does, as as people on online called it, elite backtracking, elite backpedaling, the kind of stuff you'd like to see out of a cornerback if that's how they go in the first round. I think I think Bill gets down like that on the practice field. I feel like yeah. we, we've dropping into coverage big time. Big, t- yeah. That like that was that, I. That was obviously not what he intended. He was in one of his typical moods, moving the NFL Network microphone, wearing Kraft's pin down on his belly because he didn't want it to be seen from uh, any cameras that were shooting him out there. Like, he's just going to continue to, like, if you expect Bill Belichick to change at this point, if you expect him to go about business a different way, some minor tweaks and adjustments might get made, Kyrie, but, like, Belichick is going to continue to be, from now through the last day that he works for the Patriots until his dying day on this earth, obtusely Belichickian. That's just the way he does things, and we have to either live with it and deal with it or we have to look forward to whatever come whatever comes next. And as we felt this week, that's likely to be Gerard Mayo. I think so. And 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 again, that's the guy that you talk about pride in something. I've brought this up before. I mean, first of all, he's just a great football coach and he has all the charisma in the world. He's eccentric. He has so many interests both in and outside of the game. And he's somebody that that players have gravitated towards since he was in the league, right? Like you read some of the stories about him and, and, and like, uh, they'd be like, yeah, he was basically my position coach because he would be in the coaches meetings and relaying everything. But again, you think about what Gerard Mayo would represent. You think Robert Kraft doesn't want to be like, yeah, guess what? I just hired the first black head coach in franchise history. Here's the guy. We get to be at the forefront of diversity and inclusion like, I feel like that's absolutely going to be something that if, if Gerard Mayo ends up being the head coach, that's totally going to come up. And on top of it all, he worked in the business world. He's as comfortable hanging out in a football room as he is a corporate breakout session or uh, insurance company retreat. He's very charismatic, huge smile that lights up the room. 
beloved by the players and obviously a lot closer. Like the fact that you've got people like Sal Capasio going on Tommy Curran's Patriots Talk podcast and saying that there's a belief in other areas of the AFC East and the AFC that the game is starting to pass Bill by and he's coaching like it's the early 2000s. That's a that was a that was a that was a pretty hot take to hear and that that didn't resonate very well with me to think that other people view Belichick like that at this point and then you got people thinking that maybe it's time to get younger and fresher at, at different points like that's why and now I see why as Andy points out how important it is for Mac Jones to return to form and as Karen points out in her notes how important it is for Bill O'Brien to do his thing. Like, there's yeah. a lot of people that can push those dialogues down the road or just debunk them entirely if they come in and either return to form, or I should say just return to form, that being Mac Jones 2021 and how Bill O'Brien was able to turn the offense around when he took it over for Josh McDaniels in our 9, 10, and 11. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. When we come back, We'll get Kyrie's thoughts on the upcoming draft and what are the Patriots going to do at wide receiver? Because to me, Kyrie, if you're not going to sign Lamar and we know the pursuit of Lamar Jackson is all but Dunsky at this point, mostly just a talking point from earlier in the week. They do not have enough at wide receiver, I believe now, to be able to compete in the Royal Rumble of the AFC East this fall. What are they going to do? How will they address it? We'll get Kyrie's thoughts. So it appears Mac Jones will be under center and your quarterback this fall, Patriots fans, despite the Lamar Jackson fame grenade lobbed in by Robert Kraft earlier this week and all the speculation therein of Lamarvelous coming to New England, as well as Belichick saying, because I still think, and I think a lot of people agree, that he's upset or mad with Mac Jones for the way he behaved last year, pushing back against the Matt Patricia-led <clears throat> offense. A lot of people were. Some are even speculating now that Brian Hoyer was told his services were no longer needed because he pushed back against it as well. Uh, so you don't get Lamar. It is Mac Jones show. You got guys like Badad over at the Boston Sports Journal saying the Patriots are still actively trying to pursue a wide receiver one like DeAndre Hopkins, Kyrie, or yep. Jerry Judy, the guy that I would prefer they get after from Denver. They're going to cost you something. Uh, Judy will cost you more in draft capital than DeAndre will. And then a subsequent contract as well i think he's an alpha waiting to bloom i think he's a wide receiver number one and the patriots seem to or or if you're to believe reports have bought into the idea that they need to do what the eagles did with aj brown and tyreek hill going down to miami for Tua tonga vailoa they need to do that for mac to keep up in the royal rumble of the afc east this year or do you think that they will go to the draft and Kyrie, of the four wide receivers that will likely go in the first round, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, or Quentin Johnston of TCU, where would you go? So let's start off with the trade part. So I think that most likely that is, that's not going to be something that they do. Now, yes, at one time they did trade a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. They oh. traded a first-rounder for Brandon Cooks. Yada, yada, yada. But mm -hmm. that was when they had Tom Brady and they were Super Bowl contender every single year. And they're like, okay, as long as we got this guy, as long as we keep the nucleus intact, okay, whatever, first round pick, second round pick, big deal. Let's let's win now. They're not in win now mode. Not like that. And so I don't think that is going to be something that they are going to do, like trading a second round pick. Now, if for whatever reason, which I don't see occurring, 
it were to be a third, fourth, or something like that, and the price were to come down, then I could maybe see that happening. But a second rounder, pick number 46, I don't think so. Now, I do think there is something, though, to your point about getting a more dynamic receiving core, which I think they've tried to do to an extent with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's like kind of a lateral move from Jacoby Myers, but more explosiveness after the catch. Mike Gesicki, who's basically going to be a big receiver. I don't know how much of actual tight end play they're going to have him do. Basically just have him go catch passes. But I think Bill O'Brien probably is going to have something to do with that. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I've worked with some really good receivers in the past both at Houston and at Alabama, where we always have one of the best skill position groups in college football. That's how I like to run offense. I like having talent. I like having game breakers. None of this like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and trot out B minus receiving cores all the time. Let's get some studs. Now, I think the most likely thing, I'm not saying he's necessarily the best one, but I think the most likely case for Zay Flowers being the target for the Patriots in the first round, as opposed to all these other guys, is the experience. Zay Flowers, of the four guys you mentioned, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, and Jordan Addison. Jordan, who looked, who was the Blitnikoff winner in 2021, right. but dropped off a little bit in 22 when he went to USC. Right. All of those guys are coming out as three-year college players. Right, They're coming out as juniors. That is something the Patriots, in recent years especially, have not gone for with their first couple picks in the draft. They prefer going with experience. Zay Flowers has been, he's been a four-year player at Boston College. He's been productive. I think that would be the route they would go. Yeah, see, I I agree with you. That was a great, that's a great point. And it sort of snuck up on people this week. The experience factor, the Patriots love team captains. They love four-year players. They like people that come in very pro-ready. And of those guys, if the Patriots, and I know we had a bunch of texts about this, so in answer to everyone that was inquiring, if the Patriots are going to make a splash at receiver in the first round, which would shock everybody because usually yes. it could, they'll go tackle, defensive lineman, maybe even corner, Devin Witherspoon coming up in a lot of mocks. Zay Flowers hasn't even touched the surface of what he can do in a competent offense because he was in the mire and muck of a dysfunctional BC offense as well. God, would he be a great fit. I would yes, love to see that. Absolutely. The only other guys I would take in terms of tackle who also kind of fit that bill, Darnell Wright. Give me Darnell Wright. And yes, I would also love Devin Witherspoon. There you go, Kyrie. Great job filling in for Andy Hart today. Joe Braverman, great job producing as well. Thanks so much. You got the first in Foxborough pod, six rings of football things. Give us all a sub. Have a great day. Go Iowa. Go Red Sox. Go Bruins. And go have yourself a Sunday, folks. We will talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Peace.